This is Illiterate. My name is Evan. My name is Taylor. I read a book this week. I watched a movie this week. We're doing Ad Astra and Heart of Darkness. Let's get into it. Hearts of Darkness, Ad Astra. What in the world? (laughs) You saw the movie? I saw the movie. It's getting a lot of, I mean, I see it on the buses and the billboards and everything. Good reviews. Yeah. Critics seem to like it. I don't know what the audiences really are saying much about it. They kind of seem lukewarm. It's got, it's got <laughs> we'll Bradley see. Pitts in it as uh, an astronaut. If you've seen a picture of him in an astronaut costume, then that's uh, that's this Staring movie. blissfully off into the infinite abyss. Yeah. We looked it up, and it's based on uh, Heart of Darkness. Who which, knew? Which a lot of things are. And you might have heard of that. You might have read it in high school. You might have heard of Apocalypse Now, which is oh, yes. the oh, more yes. known thing that took from Heart of Darkness. Evan was asking me before we started recording what in the world Ad Astra means. So yeah, of course, I've seen <laughs> the movie. I've seen the whole thing. Of the, generally, I liked it. But uh, I have no idea what in the world the title means. So please, enlighten it me. It is a Latin phrase, and it means to the stars. And the origins, the first time it was ever used, was by Virgil in the Aeneid, book 9, line 641, to be specific. Wow. So it comes from... Ladies and gentlemen, if you're following along, (laughs) find that specific little passage. Yeah, that's all it is. It's just Latin, and it's to the stars, and it's used in a lot of Air Force Academy stuff, or used in in mottos. There it is. That's... uh But it's definitely a weird title. Yeah, and Is it ever used in the movie at all? No, I don't believe so. Um, and maybe I'm wrong, so, you know, well, call me heart, out if I'm wrong. Heart of Darkness is used in the last line of the book, which I always Classic. Love. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Give me a refresher of heart, heart of Darkness, because all I know is the general, just, you know, the young man goes into the unknown in the pursuit of the elder Somebody, who's really gone yeah. for it, whatever it may be. So yeah. that's really all I remember. Mm-hmm. The book came out in 1899, long, long time ago. Good Lord. And it was a novella, and it was packaged with other shorter stories in a magazine, and then it got its own thing. Are the other stories anything significant? Yeah, the other two stories were received by critics and got the more commentary than Heart of Darkness did when oh, really? it came out. Yeah, and Joseph Conrad even himself did not uh, think that it was anything really to write home about. (laughs) And so when those came out, it was like, oh, these two are pretty neat and didn't even really get any mention. It was only until like the 1950s after World War II when we really started seeing anti-colonial, anti-taking over countries and subjugating people. What were the two stories? What's that? What were the two stories? Just based on other aspects of his life. So we'll learn a little bit about him later on. But he basically wrote from all of his own life experiences. Oh, as oh sort so of the adventure. three were all his. Yeah. Oh, I got yeah, you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, thought, I didn't know if it was published with other authors' work or something. No, so yeah, see, no. So, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So it was sorry. three of his stories, completely unrelated, based on various adventures that he had. Interesting. And the other two were more critically acclaimed in his lifetime. And basically, all of his stuff did not get hardly any recognition in his lifetime. Dang. But yeah. But uh, Heart of Darkness, it's interesting because I don't know if they do anything with the narrative structure. And this is a little bit of what it's known for, is that it starts out with these dudes chilling on this boat in London on the River Thames. They're just shooting the breeze. And one guy is like, 
going to regale them with a story of something that happened to him. I got you. So the main narrator is only like the first couple paragraphs, and it's this guy saying, and Marlo, who is this other random dude chilling there on the boat waiting for the tide to come back in, is telling this story about how he went into the Belgian Congo and (laughs) was looking for this guy, et cetera, et cetera. And then the entire book is in quotation marks except for when it pops out to be like, and he smoked a pipe in the middle of the night and everybody was listening and then he continued his story. Right, okay. But I think the reason that he frames it in that way is so that we are also intrigued as to what is the point of this. And this is, for the historical context, there was a lot of these stories of adventure on the high seas and adventure going into uncharted land and the whole Dr. Livingston, I presume, where Stanley came mm-hmm. in. I don't know if you've heard that quote. It was this guy who was deep in the jungles of Africa and there was a reporter who went to go find him and they found him. And that whole mystery of the dark continent, you know, that was all taking over colonial Europe at the time. And so it makes sense that he would tell this story and be like, and what, what is the point of this? Yeah. You know? And so you, you are from the perspective, not of the person who actually experienced it, but from somebody listening to the story, because he does have a bigger point than it's just this wet, crazy adventure. Yeah. Um, he's speaking to the heart of darkness, which is humanity and colonialism and so on. So Marlowe starts telling this story then, and now we're in it. And he gets this job to go down the river in the Congo. He hears of this guy, Kurtz, who I guess they use the same name yeah, in, Apocalypse in Apocalypse now. now. Yeah. And he hears about this guy who's gone off the deep end and is revered like a god and, you know, is doing crazy, illicit, illegal activities and murdering people, and it's this ivory trade is what they're is what they're uh, after. Okay. So he's commandeering this boat, and as they're, the the boat is busted, so he has to wait at this one station, and then they're going down the river in a series of events. It's almost similar, I guess, in what we talked about with like Huck Finn, where that type of story can be adapted in so many different ways. Definitely, like you said. Definitely. In Ad Astra, it's being adapted to space travel and and looking for a father figure. In this case, it's this guy who is in the trade of ivory. They get attacked by native people. He sees a bunch of different stuff happen. And then Mm -hmm. he finally meets with him, although Kurtz is very sickly, catches him trying to escape from this situation, but realizes that all of these native people are almost like under his cultish spell, Mm. it seems like. And... uh, Get, they get him on the boat back because that was his whole mission was to go get this guy. Kurtz dies on the boat on the way back and his famous last words are the horror, the horror, which could mean for a lot of different things. But uh, Marlowe, when well, he gets back. book. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. When he gets back to Europe, has to decide whether he's going to lie to these people because everybody thinks that he's a hero, but he saw the descent into madness that this place and, and the greed of people overtakes and so Kurtz's bride to be is asking what he said and he was like oh he said your your name is the last words and feels bad about lying about it hmm. um and then the story ends with him saying and that was what happened and one of the other guys is like oh the tide is coming back in and they look out over London into this darkness into the heart of darkness which was a big critique at the time because it was like, oh, the story is actually about how the guy listening to the story is looking at London and seeing, oh, that's the heart of darkness. Hmm. It's not just going into uncharted Africa and getting out of civilized society and that's what turns you into a madman. 
and a and a cannibal and a and a psycho. Right. It, it right. was. It's it's in Europe too. Yeah, it's in yeah. it's the colonial people. <laughs> it's us going in there, it's no matter where you go. Yeah. Yeah. So that was not. Uh, that didn't do very well with the modern readers of the time who were not expecting well, that. Well, they just got their cars. They, yeah. <laughs> the mail just got delivered. No, yeah. what do you mean? This is good. No. We're doing good. <laughs> but but the, I will the, say. There are firefighters now. <laughs> we're getting better. <laughs> Come on. No. Something that did not get better. It is very racist. But again, it's like, this was written in the 1890s. This is what he was right. experiencing at the time. He is making a critique on this is messing with people and it's not just absolutely it's not but it is it is framing it from the perspective of oh africa is savages and we're going in there but it's of the time that's just right. it, it just was written at the time it was written and, and that's what a product he, of that yeah. naturally it, yeah and we've covered that. and so you could say oh in this book he's not treating the african continent like it's normal people but yeah. he's also he's not critiquing that i mean that's like but is that that, ex- that is something to be considering when when covering it when yeah. covering you know when 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 thinking about it um yeah it is a hard that book to read now for now. that reason but it is in i think we're learning this as we're covering more books and more pieces of media the cultural context does play a role so it doesn't have any of the i know you, with with ad astra it's a space event and he is going looking for his father off yeah. in the far in, reaches of in space. ad astra he is uh, brad pitt's character is the son of the most famous astronaut who started the lima project who is going to make first contact and they're going on to the edges of the earth to make first contact and and he hasn't been seen in 30 years and basically the entire project is presumed dead so after you know some exciting action sequence, <laughs> uh, we we find out that perhaps his father is still alive, and so the government is using Brad Pitt's character to try to make contact with him and perhaps bring him back. Um, and so then spurs a journey of this, yeah, this young man trying to understand what fatherhood is and what being a son is and and what all the the entire movie shifts into talking about is the meaning of life Mm -hmm. to to the pursuit or is it the things you create in the wake of that pursuit and people who can not see both ends of that stick who cannot see that duality who look in one direction and yeah. miss out the journey or the destination exactly. kind of thing. Yeah, so it uses seems like it uses the same narrative structure, but not the same theme at all. Yeah, because nobody's talking about colonization. It uses the backdrop of space, but it's not really talking about pushing the frontiers of space. Ultimately, I think the message really comes away saying that this is cool. Mm-hmm. We can find some interesting stuff, but you might not find what you're looking for. Right. So don't be upset. With what you find, and please appreciate the things that you have. Yeah, uh, it really doesn't take a hard stance on you know what, where where humanity should be focusing its efforts, other than maybe we need to look inward, perhaps, which mm-hmm. is a positive message. I I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Heart of Darkness had a very sort of pessimistic message, I would say. Well, I'm 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 really pleased with how they flipped that in this. And this uh, director writer. James Gray has done quite a bit in these more personal stories kind of thing. His last movie was called The Lost City of Z, 
which is more even similar to Heart of Darkness in that it's a, right. it's based I on a true story, one. and it's these. Is his father-son duo looking for this famed lost city in Brazil in the early 1900s. Interesting. Yeah. But he knows, I, I read an interview with him, and he knows quite a bit about both film and literature. Because people will make comparisons to 2001, the movie. Yeah, of course. With this. But of course, we know the subtitle of that is A Space Odyssey. And he was saying, yeah... The comparison is, is interesting because it's almost like this is the opposite of the Odyssey, yeah. which is about Odysseus coming back or this, you know, this father figure who's gone for 20 years. He's saying this is almost the story of Telemachus, who's the son who is back in Ithaca mm -hmm. and trying to figure out where his father is. So it's just interesting, interesting that he, he knows yeah. a lot about literature and films and smart and, dude, yeah, and inspirations from and most of I looked at most of his movies are based on a book or some oh, sort yeah, of piece yeah. of literature. You Although know, he does you find that the, more and more, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> as we make this, yeah, it seems like everything is. Oh man, his movies are great. Oh, they're based on a great novel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he was saying as far as the tone and subtlety, because he said, I'm sure there'll be some people who see Ad Astra and say, Where's the acting? Because <laughs> he's like, I just felt like being honest and giving moments where you see the other side. Because it is, and I imagine some of the criticism is like, oh, it's really boring. Or I saw some articles like it's it's boring. It's it's like well, he's too definitely give, uh, he gives a restrained performance, but I think it really worked ultimately when what what they were trying to say with the themes of masculinity and what is mm -hmm. what is fatherhood, the roles that we play. Um, so I think that I think it's an absolutely deliberate choice, uh, and they're and they're really trying to tap into to something perhaps that. It, it might be a little more truthful than cinematic. Right. And maybe that's why First Man didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, because it was too cinematic. But uh, as, yeah. uh, uh, as as far as like the, the hardcore truth of how, you know, some people process things and the people that it takes to be in these certain roles, that perhaps they are more restrained and analytical in thinking. And yeah. I think this film actually um, has the benefit of, of having a voiceover. I don't know that the voiceover is like particularly incredible, but I think it does help add and I think it really does help relate this back to Heart of Darkness. And it's uh, very interesting because we had just on our Goldfinch episode, which if you're listening and haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. Please go listen to it. <laughs> the previous episode. We were talking about how that is the book was written in the first person and there is no overhead narration or you said it was weird in the movie. And like with this, mm -hmm. obviously the book Heart of Darkness is written in the first person or is written as this account of this guy and he does lean in heavily into that narrative technique in yeah. the movie which you don't see that much these days yeah in the and person's it, head and it struck me as a bit different this particular voiceover because he's not really giving any he's not really adding to what you're seeing he's adding to what you should be thinking about um mm -hmm. and you could kind of throw it in, in a bunch of different directions which i i did really appreciate it it tapped into the the meditativeness of it and it benefited ultimately from the from the voiceover Hmm. Um, with the overhead narration and, and looking at who James Gray is and him coming up with this original story, but it's based on this. In an interview, which I'll link to, he was talking about how people, they ask him like, well, what's your relationship with your father? Because <laughs> it seems like father. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> a lot of his uh, stuff is about that. Or, you, you know, that's what we're finding more and more is the thing that people write about is based on their own life experience. Right. And that kind of thing. And he was like, yeah, I have a great relationship with my father. I just know that that, when you have He's those. right here. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? <laughs> I'm James Gray Sr. 
never had a tense moment. I love you, Dad. I love you too, son. That's why he's always around me. Yeah. (laughs) The things that he was saying is that is a very common archetype that people know and understand. Like if you say, oh, they're friends, you have to go into the nuance of, well, how long were they friends? How did they meet? When did they break apart? What, you know, there's a million different things. But if you say, oh, it's a father and son, people automatically know Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. that means. And that, that's way le- that that gives you way more than going. Well, he's a he's an officer in the military. Go hunt down the colonel. Mm-hmm. It's like that gives you some context, some like trajectory yeah, yeah. there. That certainly is interesting, um, but it certainly is not as deep and intricate as a father son relationship. Right. And uh, you haven't seen him in thirty years. Uh, maybe he's out there. Go. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So after reading more about James Gray, talking about his own personal life and how that is not quite, at, although there are. Certainly some elements that factor into what he's making. I was interested in Joseph Conrad because I'm sure, dear listener, personal listener, you know absolutely nothing about this dude who wrote Heart of Darkness, (laughs) which is a controversial book, which has a bunch of stuff made after it and is in high schools everywhere. 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 I'll throw some interesting tidbits at you. Ooh, Uh, those tasty nibs. He was born Joseph Theodore Konrad Korzanowski in 1857 in Poland, or what is now Poland. He's a native Polish speaker. French is his second language. English is his third language. Wow. He didn't even know English until age 21. Wow. And he's revered as one of the best British authors Incredible. Is is, is crazy, yeah. This is incredible. As far as his life, got started out, like I said, 1857, and his parents wanted to liberate Poland from Russia. His parents wanted to liberate Poland? Yeah, they were very, very politically active. Sorry, Um, I took that too literally. (laughs) (laughs) His parents? Liberated. Well, they tried. Um, Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, we're going to get into some sad stuff now. Oh. Unfortunately. So his father was arrested before he could even do anything, was oh, exiled to northern Russia. You know how they do. They're just uh, like, you're going up there. Uh, when uh, when Joseph was four years old. So then he stayed with his mother. His mother, though, died oh. in 1865, and then his father died in 1869. Oh my so God. his mom died when he was seven. His dad died when he was 11 after being uh. exiled. So now he's having to go live with his uncle, and he's like, I got to get wow. out of here. This place is awful. <laughs> Oh I don't gosh. want to be a part of this. So he joins the French Merchant Marines, which is where he learns French, and that becomes his oh. his second language. How? Oh. At the age of 17, he's doing this. This is incredible. Yeah. So then he I lives the crazy is... life. Now he's on boats. Just quit making the book. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, yeah, on. he hasn't even made anything yet. So he's, no, I'm just uh, that was just me projected so, to the to the artists of the world. Go ahead, making Hearts of Darkness over again, and let's tell this guy's actual story because yeah. it's actually fascinating. Yeah. Uh, so then he he goes out to the West Indies. He goes to South America. He smuggled guns for Spanish rebels at 17 because the that's tight. The ship got wrecked <laughs> off of the coast. So then he fled back into France. Telling me he was a gun smuggling pirate? <laughs> yes. This is incredible. Before 20 years old, yeah. So then some some of this stuff is in, if you're interested in this, his novel Nostromo and Arrow of Gold, which are obviously written later in his life, but those are about these experiences. This is amazing. In his teens, yeah. Yeah, if you didn't know who this dude was, <laughs> I bet you want to now. Uh, he fought in a duel over this woman with an American named Captain Blunt and went back to his uncle he and said- He fought with a woman? 
Wait, over a woman. He fought over a woman. Over okay. the Spanish woman, yeah. Um, but got shot. Oh my God. And so he lost and lost all his money. So he goes back to his uncle and is like, Oh, I was gambling and I tried to kill myself cause I lost everything. Well, we've all been there and doesn't admit that he's been living this rabble rousing life. Uh, and then he turns 20 oh years God, old. <laughs> yeah. And then he turns, and then he turns 20 and then he turns 20 years old. Oh, 20. And mm. so fantastic. <laughs> what, what a great a, year. Here we go. Strap, strap up those boots, young yeah. man. Welcome to your twenties. Sure. So instead of trying to work for the French, he decides to become British and some postulate because again, he's trying to get further from Russia because he's supposed to be there and they can draft him for all their nonsense or exile him or do whatever. Good Lord. And he can also be promoted quicker. So now, like I said, he's 21. This is when he's starting to learn English. He served on British ships for 12 years, went to Singapore. He sank a boat off the coast of Java, which is what the short story Youth is based on. Why did he sink the boat? I I don't know. Maybe it was just bad. It burned and then sank. Just these boats are terrible in the late (laughs) 1800s. My God. In 1888, there's a story based on that time when he's uh, being a captain, and that's called The Secret Sharer. So all of these, like I said, are written way after his time. Got to do some living first. <laughs> got to do some. But he living. got it in. He got it in. <laughs> Twenty yeah. years old already had enough. So material. then, after after commanding the ship, remember he's working for the British. He takes one stint piloting a boat uh, for the Belgians on the Belgian Congo, and then this is what becomes Heart of Darkness. is is based on his experience there, going to Africa hmm. and piloting that boat. Oh. Um, and then, so he started writing in he 18... Kill his superior in cold blood in the <laughs> Congo. No, though some some theorize there's, there's questioning about who this crazy ivory general wacky doodle guy is actually based, based on. on. Yeah. And there's a couple, a couple people that they're like, oh, maybe it's an amalgamation of this person or Probably. this is a famous guy who was in there at the time that was off the rails. Or somebody murdered that we have no idea about <laughs> yeah. because he was a gun smuggling pirate before the age of... He could drink legally. <laughs> he was he was living it up, and then it's surprising that he decides this guy to... killed people. <laughs> we, we're not saying. <laughs> I'm that. not saying that. <laughs> Maybe he did. I that. said it. It's it's also possible, depending on how large our listenership gets. I was thinking about this the other day as a total side note that like once we hit a certain number of thousand people listening, that like somebody listening. <laughs> Has murdered someone, <laughs> you know? Because like, what is the percentage of like one in whatever people I've has been thinking about someone? that recently? I've been like, man, I, I've definitely been in rooms with serial killers, or at least somebody who's taken a life or maybe more. I don't know, you know, at some point life. in my yeah. life, for sure. Anyway, moving. On. So now, Joseph Conrad hasn't allegedly murdered anyone. He starts writing at the age of thirty-two in eighty-nine, but he's still doing his boat business until. 1898 so for about another 10 years he's still boating but he's also writing so yeah it was it was after 20 years and 16 books in his lifetime there was a book called chance which came out in 1913 and that became a hit but all these other things that i've mentioned that are all based on these other things in his life didn't really do anything at all including (laughs) heart of darkness sure sure and like i said it's a hard one i mean hey yeah it wasn't always easy and because he's he's saying interesting things that are not popular for the time. Yeah, they take some digesting in the in the in the popular uh, conscious. Yeah. They're not in the, in the like at Astra maybe, <laughs> just be, you know. Mm, um mm. <laughs> I see. Yeah. 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 This is a critique on us. Oh. I don't like this. Oh. Yeah. My stomach hurts. And then he, it said that he was sick often from the Belgian Congo thing. Oh, yeah. Speaking of really? stomach hurting, yeah, he, he had constant <laughs> health problems. So he died at 66. Oh. 
A full life, though. A full life, yeah. Used his name, Joseph Conrad, because his other name got misspelled too much. But yeah, we don't realize also that like this writing did not come easy to him because he did not speak English before 22 and did not write That's in amazing. English until 32. And so we can see then how I'm sure if you actually went through that experience and saw what was going on up the Congo River and people just being put in chains and said that they were criminals, but they're actually just enslaving them and torturing them, you'd be pretty skeptical yeah. of the society that you live in and then you go back to and want to write about everything that you've seen. Yeah. Which is almost like what, I guess, the space travel kind of fits into, is like, we don't know what that's going to be like, but I'm sure that experience is going to be vastly different. And I think there's even, like, James Gray was saying, like, oh, yeah, there's there would be pirates on the moon, or there would still be crime. Yeah, or there would, yeah, we wouldn't a, yeah. solve the problems of Earth just because we moved planets. Um, How do, it, it was interesting to see they... they he postulates that the moon becomes a type of tourist trap, hmm. uh, which I thought was particularly interesting. And in that there, the dark side of the moon, like, is coincidentally like the uninhabited part of the moon, uncoincidentally. Um, and that there, it's un, it's undeclared um, ground. So, yeah, whatever happens out there happens. Um, so it was interesting to see. Oh yeah, if you play the, the that kind of logic out, what would be up? What would be up there? Hmm, mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it could go wrong real quick. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, that that was a, a really interesting thing. This like we can we can go to the edges of the universe. We can throw ourselves in places we were never meant to be, and not solve one thing. Yeah. It's we don't a, even yeah. know. <laughs> it's like that. That ultimately, the movie is about like uh, th that endless pursuit. Yeah, um, I thought it was interesting. The ends justify the means. Yeah, I thought Are it was interesting at the, at, the at, ends? at the end of uh, Heart of Darkness how he doesn't how he chooses to lie to the wife to be and be like, no, Kurtz was this, and how everybody reveres him and believes him, and this is the only guy that has the story. And a lot of people are saying that, yeah, like that's how Joseph Conrad felt. And that's why he couldn't write about it for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And even still, he's writing it as a multi-layered story of somebody else who's telling a story to somebody else, which you might not even be true. And in that story, that person can't tell the truth. That's interesting because they, I don't, and perhaps I'm wrong on this, but they don't. So in Ad Astra, they, they, they say that uh, the Tommy Lee Jones character is one of the most famous, you know, he's a mm -hmm. hero. Yeah, died on, and you know him and the whole crew died out there. You know, doing doing the country's work. Um, when secretly classified, and we find out through the plot of the film, it's possible that he probably killed his entire crew, and it probably went mad and is some actual monster, really. Yeah, and so you start to grow kind of this paranoia about what is the the truth here what did happen when what does the government know and what are they what narrative are they spinning yeah they're, they're they throw this there's paranoia narrative in there but they never really come back and circle around how when we find out the truth about what happened in the lima project with tommy lee jones's character and what what he really did um, they never really address how or if that ever gets reconciled in the public view at all. Yeah. Because as far as the public is concerned, he's a hero. He's always been a hero. 
it, it really is restrained on what it's saying about all these things as to really the implications on Brad Pitt's character, I think, solely, but relating to how we all address our own situations. It's yeah. a very, very introspective I feel film. like that's this is really just about the self. It's definitely reflective of, of Joseph Conrad's take on all this stuff. Where it is hard, I mean, he's also writing in English, which is his third language, <laughs> but it's also hard for him to literally speak on this kind of thing and critique it at a time when it was not something that people wanted to hear about. And and you can sense an anxiety and a question of like, if we are lying about this stuff when we come back, what what is that saying about ourselves? And at, even after this guy has told this story in the story, Everybody else that's listening to the story is like, well, the tides come in. Like, did you not just hear what he said? Are we, are we still looking at this heart of darkness oh, within the, the community? But yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's fascinating that's to me that they've now turned this into a more father-son story about do the ends justify the means? And I, so I was looking into what else is heart of darkness, what other legacy yes, is left? Yes, I'm interested in this. What else? This. So there was an opera that came out in 2011. An opera. Yeah. Which Fantastic. Is Something that I found was interesting was two video games are what? based on this. So if, for those that love video games, Far Cry 2, which came ah. out in 2008, you're this mercenary who's in Africa and going after this arms dealer called the Jackal and trying to hunt them down. So it's pretty much the same thing, okay, but set in yeah. more modern times. No, it's a great, I mean, it's a great... It's a great device though, for a video game, yeah. actually. Really and then like there's there's one that came out called Spec Ops The Line in 2012, and that's modernized again, but it's set in Dubai during these sandstorms, you know, during some sort of Middle Eastern conflict, and you are trying to find this commander who's gone rogue. And the commander's name, which they did on purpose, Come is on, do it. John Conrad. Tight. Alluding to Joseph Conrad. Ooh. That's the general or commander that you're going after in this they video know, game. They know, they know. So they know. They know their literary devices. <laughs> and then, Taylor, I have one more thing. Wow. Because I bet our listeners don't know that there is simultaneously another film in theaters right now that is also based on Heart of Darkness. Now is the time. It's called Manos. Uh, it is in a limited re release right now, and it's being called... Something between Heart of Darkness and Lord of the Flies, which we also covered uh, a few so months ago. So go listen to that. Uh, you, you, we were looking at something said it was Apocalypse Now on Shrooms. Um, so uh, it's a foreign film. Uh, yeah, it's direct, directed by Alejandro Landis. Uh, but uh, he he's, has a, a couple things, but I think this is his first major work. Well, I'll put a link to the trailer. Yeah, um, I haven't seen this film, but. Uh, what I have heard of it and what we've said here is certainly colorful. And so if this story, Heart of Darkness... But you're not into all these space. Things, mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't want to go see Ad Astra, go see Manos. Yeah, it's out right now. Uh, you might be able to catch that? it at a theater next to you. Good looks. Evan knows the movies. I know the books. Who knew? Who knew? Two movies, same book, one episode. What do you got? Come on. This is what you come for. Taylor. We learned so much today. I had a blast. Ad Astra. Heart of Darkness. This was great. Um, reach out quick. to us. Yeah, reach out to us. If you're into something, if you know, if you're into a show, if you're into a book, if you know a movie's coming out, basically, just talk to us. What are you into? What are you watching? We'll uh, do we the deep dive. We love, we love hearing, seeing what people are up to. 
We're always planning episodes, so who knows? At Illiterate Pod is how you do that. At Illiterate Pod on Instagram. Give us a message. Let us know what you want to see or hear. And we will catch you all next week. Cool. See you guys.